Welcome to the OCC Podcast. Whether you're listening to this at home, on the road, at work, or in the gym, we're so glad you decided to join us as we study God's Word together. We hope and pray that through this ministry, you will grow in your relationship with God as well as become a chair for disciple maker. But for now, sit back and let us help you see how the Bible applies to your life today. Good morning, Orchards Community Church. Welcome to this Family Sunday where we all come together as a church body to worship together. We, the service will look a little bit different today than it normally does, but I mean as normal as a family service does. We do these every, every month that has five Sundays. Happens about once a quarter, and this is one of them. Oh yeah, please be seated. I was waiting for you to Thank say you. it, and I was like, well, I'll Well, last service they just sat down. They were like, done with that song. Like, battle belongs in my chair. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Brenton. <laughs> yeah, by the time I was up here, everybody was just already down. Anyway. My name is Wesley Schwartz. I'm the children's pastor here. It is so good to have you guys here on this Family Sunday. Downstairs right now, we are working through the Bible chronologically. Um, We are in Exodus currently, so we're going to take a break from Ruth, from our normal adult studies, and pick up where we left off in children's. We just got done talking about the the 10 plagues, and we're going to stop here today and pick up on the last plague and talk a little bit more about that. We're going to talk about the, the plague of the firstborn. Um, and the, the Passover, specifically the Passover today. Uh, and the reason we want to stop here and talk about the Passover is, is because of, of the reason that we are all here. We have this foundation, this firm foundation that we have. We have this hope in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And if we put our faith in him, we have that hope. We have that joy that we can, we can have. And I, I hope that that is the, the, the foundation of, of all, all of this church body here and of individual families as well, that that be your foundation. And, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in a relatively new parent. I'm not saying I'm the most experienced parent ever. I have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. Um, so I'm fairly early into it. I know it's going, it is go, does go fast. Um, but I know that it is hard. Uh, there's no question about that. It, gets, it seems like every day there's something new that's hard. Um, and even more so, sometimes it's hard just to, to, be, um, to have a household that's just busy and chaotic and noise all the time to have a, a house that, that reflects, reflects Christ. Um, when, when we're here in, the, in the, the walls of this church, like it's so easy to reflect Christ. You guys are such a... a, a easy example and, and accountability for me to come alongside and, and, and be an example of Christ and, and to reflect Christ. And that's the encouragement of community that we have. But when I leave these walls, I'll admit that it isn't as easy. It, it is much more difficult um, to refer, reflect Christ. And I wish that wasn't the case, but, but it is. And especially in my own home, it's difficult. Uh, and I, I wish that it was easier. And so I hope that, that these services are a way for us to come together, be an example to the young ones, um, to, to give us an opportunity opportunity to reflect what, what worship actually looks like, um, but also give us the opportunity to take some of those hard steps and maybe reflect um, some things later in the week. 
Um, so come alongside me today um, as, as we go through, through this together. We're going to be in Exodus 12 today. Um, we're going to be flying through it. Uh, there is a lot to these passages. And I know, uh, just even from my own experience, I know there are questions about this passage. I know there are. We don't have time to hit on everything. There's lots of stuff, and we are going to be flying through it. If you do have questions, please submit them to the, the Midpoint pod, the, the, or the... I'm, oh, is this the podcast? Yeah. Did I say midpoint? Did I? Okay. I say midweek all the time, and Brenton, I felt it. I thought he was glaring at me. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, yeah, but anyways, the, the, all jokes aside, the midpoint, like what a cool way for you're coming together as a family. We're having this discussion here today to extend that into the week. What an easy way that you guys could, could do that this week. So if you have questions, please, please flood us with questions. Um, it'd be a cool extension of this service. All right, so we're just coming out of the nine plagues. Um, we're coming out of the nine plagues that God, God has been using to bring the Israelites, his people, out of slavery. The, the Egyptian pharaoh um, saw the Hebrews growing, the Israelites. He saw that they were increasing in number and became fearful of them, and so he put them in, in, in a harsh life of slavery to try to, to, try to oppress them. And God's going to save his people, and he brings on nine plagues, and Pharaoh still has a hardened heart. So now we're headed into the tenth plague, the plague of the firstborn. And in this, in this plague, every firstborn male, man and beast, is going to die including the Israelites. The Israelites would be under this, but God creates a way for his people, the Israelites, to be saved. And he does that in, in the Passover. So we're gonna get, get going. There's three parts of Passover that we're gonna be discussing. The lamb, the bitter root, and the bread. Those are the, the three parts of Passover. I'm gonna start with, with the lamb. So we're gonna be in Exodus 12, verses three through seven here. You can follow along with me. And we're going to see the way that God's going to create um, a way for, for his people who passed over. Speak to the whole community of Israel. Tell them that on the 10th day of this month, each man must get a lamb from his flock. A lamb should be chosen for each family and home. Suppose there are not enough people for your family to eat a whole lamb. Then you must share some of it with your nearest neighbor. You must add up the total number of people there are. You must decide how much lamb is needed for each person. The animals you choose must be males that are a year old. They must not have any flaws. You may choose either sheep or goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole community of Israel must kill them when the sun goes down. Take some of the blood, put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the house where you eat the lambs. So God is, what's happening here is God is creating a way for, for his people to be covered. So they're going to be smearing the blood on the doorpost to, to stand out so when the destroyer comes um, that, that their firstborns don't get taken. So, so it has to be a one-year-old male lamb that is without blemish, um, and then they're there to slaughter it. Um, with the blood, again, they're supposed to, to smear that over the doorposts. In our, in our times, we're, we're pretty separated from the food we buy. Not all of us, but most of us, and myself is definitely included in this. Um, we eat this food that we buy from the shelves, but how it gets to the shelves, we often don't think about it too much or don't want to think about it, uh, which is the place where I typically am at. Um, but these, these families in the Israelites' times, they had animals that they had to feed their families. And they knew at some point for them to survive, to eat, to live, that they would need to slaughter this animal. 
And it, it is hard to think about for sure. But I think it's, it's important to think about some of these hard things, when, especially when we're thinking about our own salvation. When, when these lambs were, were, especially for the Passover, when they were slaughtered, they were, they were the firstborn. They were without blemish. They had nothing to do with Pharaoh's hardened heart. Um, they, they had nothing to do with the, the plight of Israel. Um, they, they were completely separate from those things. And yet their life was given up so that others could live. And it, was, it had to be that way because death, especially in this case, death was imminent. And, and this is how we are in our lives. We have this blessing of life here on earth, and it is, it is a beautiful thing. Uh, and, and what a wonderful thing it is to have life here on earth. But even with all of the beauty of, of life here on earth, we, we as people, we as humans, we continually mess up. We continually fall short. And, and we, we don't do the things that we want to do, and we do the things we don't want to do. And even with our best intentions, we can give all of our effort, and sometimes we still can go into a situation and, and mess up. And that's, and that's our sin. That's, that is the, the bad parts that, that we bring into this, this world. And, and I think... And, and we all know that, right? So we're, we, are, we are here. We, we have this, this problem of sin. And no matter what we do to fight it, we, we continually lose that battle. And then there's God. There's God up here. He, he, is, is, he is good. He is just. He is merciful. He is, he is gracious and loving. He is the standard. And what a good standard he is. He is, is, is such a good standard for, for us to hold up to. But how can we possibly meet that standard? Even if we were to even just sin one time, even just one sin, and we lived a completely perfect life otherwise, we have failed to meet that standard. And, and, and that bar that is set, although it is, it is an, a very high one, it is, it is a good bar to set. It is the good standard that we have. So, so we have all, all of these sins. We have these, these things that we do, the places that we mess up. And, and, and for those things, justice has to be served. Um, and I know, I know that, that this is a tough thing to get through for, for a lot of us, for all of us. Um, we don't like to think about these things, but here's, here's the things that I, that I, that I hope you leave with encouraged today. Um, just like in the Passover where God uses the lambs to pass over his people, um, from, from this plague, God sent his son in the flesh, Jesus Christ, to be a covering for us so that when judgment day comes, our sin will be passed over. The judgment we deserve will be passed over. And he created, again, created that way through his son, Jesus Christ. He was firstborn. He was without blemish. He was perfect. He did not sin, although he suffered or he, he was tempted by all the things we are tempted with. He did not sin. He did not deserve any of the judgment. God came. Jesus came as God in the flesh to die a sacrificial death on the cross to take all of that judgment that we have onto ourselves. And he does this for everyone. Just all we have to do is have, have faith that he is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did. And just like the Israelites in the story, when the Passover was coming, there was nothing they could do to save their firstborn sons. There was nothing they could do other than act in obedience. And, that, and that's where, where we are. We, we, as much as we try to break away from our sin nature, we cannot do it. Um, we can just, just act in obedience to what Jesus did on the cross for us. So here's what we're going to do. I've got, I've got a little activity. So we're going to, we've got these red cards here, and there should have been one on each of your, your, on each of your chairs, yep. Brenton, are you going to hand those out again? 
All right, it worked, it worked well last time. So you, there's a red card. All you need to do on this red card is write your name. You write first name, last name, first name only, your nickname. It just needs to pertain to you. Um, these are going get, to get displayed, um, but write it big on there. Write, write it big on there. This red card symbolizes our sin. Um, it, it, it represents our debt, uh, our debt that we owe, that, that this judgment is coming. And just like any debt... There's a name attached to it, just like the loan on my house. There is a name attached to that, and, and, that, and that is owed. So we're going to write your names. Sharpies are going to be coming down the aisles this way. You're going to write your names on it. When the Sharpie hits the end, to all the way down here, that person will get up, and then the whole row can follow, and you're going to go put your name at the foot of the cross. We're going to hand over our debt, um, and you're going to put it in the vase, at the foot of the cross there. There's a place for Sharpies for the people that end up in Sharpies. There'll be a bin back there that you can put those in as well. The band is going to come up um, here, here as soon as these are handed out. And when the band comes up, they're going to they're play. And you guys can just keep doing this as, as, uh, as the band plays. And then you can join in when you're ready. If anybody needs help getting these to the vases too, please just let somebody know around you to grab the, grab the card. We would love to serve you guys in that way. And if anyone's missing a red card, there is a few extras around. You can find them. Thanks, worship team, for handing those out. Yeah. What a cool picture. You know, we were, we were talking about how to, how to demonstrate this, and we were like, should we get red scarves that everybody can just put over themselves to say, we are covered by the blood of the lamb? And that wasn't really feasible. But we thought, you know what? Having your name in the middle of a red card to where who you are is covered completely by the blood of the lamb. If by faith you call Jesus Lord and Savior, you're covered completely. And so just what a beautiful picture that we get to celebrate in really a tangible way that we can say, God, I belong to you, that I've been delivered from my sin because of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I won't leave you hanging. You guys can sit. Not that I'm a better pastor than Wesley, but Uh, which I'm just going to say, I love Wesley so much. He cares so much about your kids and your families. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So just give it up for Pastor Wesley. He loves you guys. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on him a little bit. We, we were talking about what to go through, and he's like, let's talk about Passover. And I was like, why? And he said, because so often kids, they, you know, they skip over this part, and they just go right to the Red Sea because it's fun. And Wesley's like, you know what? This is such a beautiful presentation of the gospel. And, and families and kids and adults, everybody needs the gospel. So I just want you guys to know, if you're wondering whether or not to leave your kids with Wesley, 100% do it. Because he loves your kids and he loves Jesus and it's just awesome. Okay, that was not part of my, my sermon. So, okay. When I was a little kid, uh, to change gears, I used to watch this show called uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Any any Power Ranger fans? Okay, but it's not not the New Age ones that are out today. Like it's not like the the Dino Power or like the Ultra Force. This is like the OG, like the good Power Rangers. No offense, kids. Um, now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm just going to clue you in. All right, it was about these five teenager, teenagers uh, who knew martial arts, and they were chosen by the great Zordon who was this intergalactic wizard, and he gave them special powers to save the world from Rita and Goldar, and then in season three and four, Lord Zed, okay? Not that I watched it, but, (laughs) and the show was really, really fun, but it got even more fun when you got to school, because everybody watched this show, right? And so you get out in the playground, and you're like, I'm Jason, and I'm Tommy, and I'm, you know, and it was really, really cool, because everybody played it. Right, and, and we would pretend to be our favorite ones, and, and we would shout together, one, two, three, it's morphin' time. That was just me. Let's do it again. One, two, three, it's morphin' time. Oh, yeah. Bringing me back. Uh, what we were doing, essentially, as kids, we were inserting ourselves into this story, right? Like, we saw ourselves in the story. We identified with the characters, and, and so that's why we loved it so much, and that's why we played it. That's why we played that role is because we wanted to, to be included. That we, we saw the television show, and then we saw ourselves in them. And so in the study, we're, we're, again, we're talking about Passover, and there's actually an element that carries a very similar tone, a similar component. See, the, the Passover had this type of substitutionary element called the bitter herb or the bitter root, depending on your translation. Look with me, if you will, uh, Sky Bible, Exodus 12, 8 says, they shall eat the flesh of the lamb that night, roasted on the fire, barbecue is, is blessed by God, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Now, the point of eating this herb was, again, substitutionary, which means the purpose of eating it was not for the stomach, but it was to direct the mind and the heart. Okay, its purpose was to direct everybody to identify with the suffering of their forefathers, Okay, now Pastor Wesley touched upon it a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to bring you all the way back to when this kind of story started. Uh, back in Genesis, as Genesis wraps up, Joseph, the guy of, of the Technicolor coat, he's been promoted to number two in the country, and he eventually brings all of his, his brothers and his sister-in-laws and his sisters and their kids, and, and he saves them from this famine because he was wise and was saving food for all of Egypt and had enough left over to provide for, for Israel. Um, Israel's kids. And so as, as Genesis wraps up, uh, Joseph's family, or Israel's family, so the Israelites, were prospering. And then you go one page over in Exodus, and Joseph has died, and that Pharaoh has died, and now this new Pharaoh, who is not a friend of God's people, he's like, I don't like this. They're, they're getting too outnumbered, they're, they could be too powerful, so he deals with it the only way that he knows how. Exodus 1, Verses 11 through 14. Read along with me. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. Which, side note, God's blessing. Do you guys see that? In the midst of of their their harshness, God was still there providing for them. But that's for midpoint, not midweek, Wesley. 
I love you. Uh, and the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. And so they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. And in all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Now, I know we said we were going to take a break from Ruth, but I just want to mention, do you guys remember Naomi, right? Do you remember what she changed her name to? Anybody? Mara? Do you know what Mara means? Bitter. Same word here in 14. Same root word. Bitter. Okay? Mara. So the Bible says Pharaoh made Israel's lives Mara. And by being slave drivers and taskmasters, afflicting them with heavy burdens, hard service, working them ruthlessly as slaves, this is the bitter life that they endured for years. Now, for the kids in the room, okay, just, just the kids in the room, do you guys know what bitter means? Blank faces. Perfect. Okay. Uh, when someone is bitter, okay, it means that they have a bitter attitude. It means like they're angry or they're upset or they're disappointed uh, because they feel like they've been treated unfairly. But bitter can also be a type of food. Like bitter is not sweet or salty or even spicy. It's a different type of taste. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you do. You do. Some, I still see some blank faces. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I, need, I need some help demonstrating this to everybody in the room, what bitter really is. Um, so here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, I already have a, a father and daughter duo. So why don't you guys come on up. And then let's get a mother-son duo. Come on. Come on. All right. No? Yeah, there we go. Come on. He volunteered you, Katie. I'm sorry. He did it. I'm so sorry. And then let's get, let's get a husband and wife. Let's get a husband and wife. All right, my wife's coming up. Come on up. We're going to see who the better spouse is. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's her. We don't even need to do that. Uh, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to demonstrate what bitter is, okay? And I have here... Uh, this is why James told you not to volunteer. You guys can spread out all, all over here. Um, this is kosher horseradish. Okay, according to Google, this is close to what they ate. They ate like the pure horseradish or the the, the bitter root. So this is as close as I could get at the grocery store. So what we're gonna do? Everybody, take a take a spoon. Just these are clean spoons. I washed them myself. I didn't. Yep. Get a spoon. There we go. Yeah, and get mine too. Thank you. Uh, and here's what we're going to do. Um, there's a trash can there if you need it. Let's, let's try not to throw up on camera because that would be really gross. Take as much as you dare. As much as you dare, but mind you, you're, you're competing with your son. So go for it. And, and yeah, and you got a match. Caleb, you got a match. Oh, goodness. Whoa. All right. Nope, nope. Let's go. Get it. Get, no, you got to get more. You got to get more. Okay. Oh. No, so you get a pick. You pick. Okay. Oh, look at that. Oh. No, no, not yet. Not yet. Oh, and I got to compare with you. Oh. And there's no more for me. Oh, well, no, <laughs> I, got, I got, no, no, I got, I got one. Hang on. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get, compare with, with, uh, here we go. 
will do that. All right, on the count of three, let's, let's partake in the bitter root of Passover. All right, one, two, three. There's water here. Does anybody need water? Oh, there's a water. All right, give give him a hand. You can spit it out. You can spit it out. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, that is not, no bueno. There you go. Oh, I have another jar up here if you guys want to do round two. Oh, uh, oh, that's gonna that's gonna hurt later. Whew. This is the second time I did it too. I got a text. So Gideon Roberts, he's on our ministry council. He did it first time, and he's like, "I'm still burping up horseradish." I'm so. Mm. Whew. Got some get some tums. All right. I'm going to try to power through this. Uh, Can you imagine doing this every year? Like, just think about doing this with your family and like, hey, kids, guess what we're going to do? We're going to celebrate Passover and we're going to eat the bitter root together. And I'm pretty sure that some of the kids were like, "Mm, no, I don't want to do that. Because I know that with 100% assurity because I knew we were going to do this in the the service. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And this, yeah. So anyway, so I know kids were there and they're asking their parents, mom, do we have to do this? Like, dad, is this something that we need to do? Can we just skip it? And so the parents would have this blessing of explaining, you know what? We do have to do this every year. Because when we eat that bitter root, as bad as it looks and and tastes and everything, we're actually identifying ourselves alongside our grandparents and our great-grandparents and all the other ancient Israelites who suffered under the hands of, of the Egyptian pharaoh. And they would explain that in doing this practice, they're actually participating in the suffering that Israel had to endure for years and years and years. The bitter root of slavery and oppression. And so just like whenever I put on the the green mask and the the leotards, whether or not I did or did not do that, to be a green ranger, and like I did the whole do-do-do, some of you guys know what I'm talking about, that's all right. Uh, or maybe some of you guys wear like your, your jersey of your favorite team or your favorite player. Uh, or even when Halloween's coming up, kids, you guys are dressing up as your favorite superheroes, right? You're identifying with them. You're connecting with them. And so um, every Jew since the parting of the Red Sea, whoever ate the bitter root, saw it as a joyous celebration, a way of connecting to that previous generation, of remembering who they were and where they came from. And identifying themselves, get this, as if they were the generation that God delivered, okay? Now, all that's great, but some of you guys might be thinking, well, what about us, right? Like, we are Americans. We're not Israelites. And so what what does this have to do with us? Well, I, I want you to think about it like this. The last thing Jesus did before he died was have this meal with his disciples. All four Gospels recount that Jesus went into the upper room the night that he was betrayed, reclined at table with his disciples and shared this Passover meal. Before the cross, before Jesus died, they celebrated Passover. 
And I think what that should tell you is that the best way to understand Jesus' death and his meaning of his death is to celebrate Passover. Because instead of writing a book, instead of preaching another sermon, instead of doing another miracle, he's like, let's have a meal. And I think he did this intentionally. Because just think, as they ate this meal, and as they're, you know, they're eating the lamb, and, and they're normally looking backwards and saying, you know what, that, I remember the lamb that was sacrificed back when you know, I identified as, as one of those beginning Israelites. Jesus is like, no, 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 look forward to my blood. Look forward to my death. This is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. And so he, he repurposed this meal to look forward. How the, the story of Israel was really looking forward to the promised Messiah, where one day they'd have this perfect and lasting covering of the blood of the lamb over God's people. And how God would provide not just an escape from Egypt, but an escape from the bitter root of sin. You see, we don't eat the bitter herb every year. This is not a practice that we do. Pretty sure you guys don't put this in your Thanksgiving meal or your Christmas meal or your Easter meal or anything like that. But we do have the cross. The cross is our reminder that Jesus, God in a bod, drank the bitter cup of God's wrath for all those who profess faith in Jesus Christ. And by God's grace, he took upon himself the burdens of our bitter yoke, of being slaves to sin and death, and he gave us his righteousness in exchange. And on the cross, he took our sin and our shame and our brokenness, and he died until death itself died. And then he rose again three days later, proclaiming, I, Jesus, hold the keys to salvation. So in the same way that the bitter herb connected all Israelites together, the bitter cross that Christ endured, connects all believing Christians to the kingdom of God, reminding us of his righteousness that was bestowed on us according to his infinite grace, his faithfulness to bring redemption to a lost and dying world, his grace and mercy to people who don't deserve it, and showing us the living power of the gospel. But what we just talked about, that's only two elements, right? We said there were three. First, there was the lamb, I'm still tasting the bitter herb, and it's kicking. But right now, Pastor Wesley is going to walk you through this last and final element. Wes, come on up here. All right. And I'm going to stay up here with you. All right, sweet. Thank you. All right, so, so in the Passover, God gives the, the example of, of, or excuse me, tells the Israelites what they're to do with the, the lamb. He gives them the day. It's going to be on the 14th day. They're to start this process at twilight. And then at midnight is when the, when the, the destroyer is going to come over the, the land of Egypt, right? And they're going to be passed over. So that's the timeline the Israelites know. Beyond that, they do not know what will happen after that. Um, God just tells them to be ready. So we're going to have a little test of see who can be ready the, the fastest. We're going to play a minute to win it style game of eating saltines and who can whistle the fastest. You have to be able to whistle though. Yeah. Like if you can't whistle, don't raise your hand. Because <laughs> it, it's not going to work. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, let, or if, I mean, what if they just want saltines? If you're hungry, yeah, come on up. Yeah. Don't count them. Anyway. All right. Volunteers. All right. Brewer, come on Brewer, up. Brewer's fast. Is that Paisley? All right, All right, Paisley. 
Who, who else? I'm not going to say your name, Fred, because I'm going right, to say on, it come wrong. Come on up in the back. Come on up. Aaliyah. Is that right? What? Oh, it's Zoe. Oh, don't. Oh, darn. Darn. See, that's why I shouldn't have tried. Don't eat them yet. Don't eat them yet. Benjamin. Sure, we'll get a fifth one. Who's Ellie, did you want to come up? You just stretching? Flexing? Can we get the lights up a little bit? You got all of them? Yeah, there's garbage right here. There's some horseradish in there, so watch out. We're going to put horseradish on these saltine crackers. You doing three? We're not, we're not going to do that. Yeah, three. Again, three. three. <laughs> do we have anybody else who wants to, to try this? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you stand right here. Uh, no, her. Yeah, right, right here, right, right there. There we go. I'm gonna move this guitar because it's gonna get, it's gonna get messy. That's all right. Okay. So there you go. You're gonna be right here. Stand, stand right here, a little bit up front. There we go. Right there. You're gonna stand right here, up front, and then Brewer, you're gonna be right here next to the keyboard. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do. This section up here, you're gonna root for my boy Brewer. Okay. This middle section, you're gonna root for her. In the back. Her, okay? The back. And this section here. And then if I didn't call you section, just cheer for whoever you want, <laughs> okay? Shout their names. All right, go ahead. Ready? All right. On the count of three. So here's what you're going to do. They, they, all of the, the saltines need to enter your face. They need to go into your face. All right? If you want to choose to try to whistle with them in your mouth still, I mean, that's up to you. You know, try to keep most of them inside of, inside of your face. And you're going to see if you can whistle the fastest. So whatever tag, you can do all of them at once. You can do one at a time. They Chew just, all three got to, yeah, all three got to go in. And then you got to try to whistle. You guys got it? Any questions on the rules? All right, ready? Go. go. Cheer on, guys. Cheer yes. on. Come on. Here we go. Oh, he's going all for it. Oh. oh he's going ben. for it. Oh. Ben Zoe. No, not yet. Not yet. Brewer's going. Oh, he's going one Brewer at a time. Seth, Shove it in. Shove it in. Almost. Are you ready? Paisley, to get them all in there? No, <laughs> I'm thinking here, here it is. Here it is. Oh, Brewer's going. He's Brewer's going. Look, look at these. Are we ready? Come on, cheer him on. Almost. Almost. He's almost there. He's almost there. <laughs> these perfect jaw lines just going just, at it. I mean, let's, here we go. Are you ready yet? Are, yeah. Are you ready? No. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Are you, you got it? <laughs> you right, who's, ready? who's ready? Not even you ready? Brewer, you look like you're close, man. Nope. Give it a go. Nope. Give it a go. All right, almost. Come on. I can't do it. I can't do it. Brewer? Yeah, you got it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Good job. Just like your dad, we... Me and Brenton tested this yesterday, oh. and Brenton did it with two in 13 seconds. And so the first service, he was like, you got to do more chips, man. And I did, and it took him a very there long time. Yes. Very good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Brenton.
<laughs> okay, so be ready. God is telling them to prep the lamb for Passover. You know the timeline, and then be ready. So, and he, he tells them that they need to be so ready that they're not going to have time for their bread to rise. That they're, they're not going to have time for that. And so, so here it comes. So Passover comes. Um, and, and the Israelites do just as, as God commanded. They prepare the lamb. They prepare, they, they prepare the meal. The Passover comes. And before they know it, before it was even morning, the Egyptians all woke up. Tragedy had struck the land. They are in deep mourning. Wailing is, is heard all across, all across Egypt. Pharaoh commands the Israelites, before it was even light, Go. He tells them it's time to leave. So it wasn't long at all. So, and we see this in Exodus 12, 29 through 39. At midnight, the Lord struck down every oldest son in Egypt. He killed the oldest son of Pharaoh who sat on the throne. He killed the oldest son of prisoners. He also killed the male animals born first to their mothers among the livestock. Pharaoh and all his officials got up during the night and so did all the Egyptians. There was loud crying in Egypt because someone had died in every home. During the night, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron. He said to them, get out of here. You and the Israelites, leave my people. Go, worship the Lord just as you have asked. Go, take your flocks and herds just as you have said. And also give me your blessing. The Egyptians begged the people of Israel to hurry up and leave the country. If you don't, they said, we'll all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added to it. They carried it on their shoulders in bowls for kneading bread. The bowls were wrapped in cloths. They did just as Moses had directed them. They asked the Egyptians for the things made out of silver and gold. They also asked them for clothes. The Lord had caused the Egyptians to treat the Israelites in a, in a kind way. So the Egyptians gave them what they had asked for. The Israelites took many expensive things that belonged to the Egyptians. The Israelites traveled from Ramses to Succoth. And it must have, because they didn't stay there very long. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> there were about 600,000 men old enough to go into battle. The women and children went with them. So did many other people. The Israelites also took large flocks and herds with them. The Israelites brought dough from Egypt. With it, they baked loaves of bread without yeast. The dough didn't have yeast in it. That's because the people had been driven out of Egypt before they had time to prepare their food. So this is, this is a rough time in Egypt, for sure. But, but remember, God saves his people. And he commands that this day, that this day of Passover, that they were passed over, be remembered. And he tells them how to do this. So we're actually going to back up in Exodus. We're going to go to Exodus 12, verse 14 through 20. Always remember this day, you and your children. After you and your children after you must celebrate this day as a feast of honor to the Lord. You must do this for all time to come. It is a law that will last forever. The seven days for seven days eat bread made without yeast. On the first day remove yeast from your homes. For the next seven days anyone who eats anything with yeast in it must be separated from Israel. On the first and seventh days, come together for a sacred assembly. Do not work at all on these days. The only thing you are allowed to do is prepare food for everyone to eat. Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I brought you out of Egypt on this very day like an army on the march. 
It is a law that will last for all time to come. In the first month, eat bread made out without yeast. Eat it from the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. All right, and here's the important part. For seven days, do not let any yeast be found in your homes. Anyone who eats anything with yeast in it must be separated from the community of Israel. That applies to outsiders and Israelites alike. Do not eat anything made with yeast, no matter where you live. Eat bread made without yeast. <clears throat> today, we, today we know that, that Jesus came to save all. He is his blood was shed for all. He is the bread of life. Exodus 12, however, still applies to us today. The, the leaven in this story, there's nothing inherently wrong with yeast or any rising agents. There's nothing evil about those things. And in, in this case, those things remind us of sin. It is symbolic of our sin. And, and just like the, the Israelites were commanded to get the leaven out of their homes to, to remove contamination, we are called to do that in our own lives and in our own households to remove sin from our households and, and to do it immediately. That calling is an immediate calling, just like to the Israelites. Just like leaven, just a small amount of any rising agent can cause dough to puff up. And that's, and that's how sin is in our life, even a, even a small amount of it can cause big problems in our life and grow out of control. And so we're, we're called to remove all, all of those temptations and, and distractions immediately um, so that those, those, those sin, sin strongholds that, that, that form in our lives, excuse me, so that when, when sin comes into our lives, they don't form these huge, huge strongholds, these bad strongholds in our lives. And, and I, I just want to encourage you today, families especially, families, we can, we can start on this immediately. Just, just as the Israelites had to clear their houses of leaven um, before, before this, this Passover week, they had to com- completely clear their house of anything that could be contaminated to make sure that there was nothing that, that can contaminate the bread. We need to look through our own households and, and remove sinful things from our households. And in and, and, and doing this, we, we are helping our families not stumble, helping ourselves not fall into the temptations that, that cause us to stumble. But hopefully, even more so, we're allowing this foundation that we have in Christ, this foundation to emerge and reveal itself and reflect outwards um, to not only our family, but, but the people around us. I, I hope that as, as we, we look to, to clear out um, the, the sin in our lives and, and the places that we struggle with, that we just take little bits of it at a time, um, that, that spiritual habits will, will, will fill those. Habits of, of prayer and devotion, habits of, of fellowship and, and, and sacrificial service, not only to your own family, but, but to others around you. So I, I, I hope to give you courage as a, as a church family that we can move forward um, from, from here and continue to just whittle away at those, those distractions in our life, that, w- that we can whittle away at the sin, and we can be families and a, and a church body and a community that, that reflect, reflects Christ, the firm foundation that we are built on. Um, I, I pray this for, for all of you as we move, remove distractions from our lives. Church family, would you guys join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for bringing us together here. Thank you for my friends and, and family that are here to worship together. Lord, what an honor it is to worship you uh, and, and come alongside the, the, the people that I love. And all the, all the glory of that goes to you, Lord. 
Lord, but, but it, is, it is a struggle. It is so hard. I, I know that, that life is distracting and there's just a lot of places that we have. Have our minds be, be taken away what is really important, Lord. It is so easy. Lord, help us with that. Lord, we, we want to be a church body that reflects you. We want to be... We want to meet the standard that you have set the best we can, Lord. And, and we can't do that without you. We ask you, you to continue to, to, to break us down in a way that, that you were revealed even more. Uh, and that, that we could be the church on the hill and shine for you in, in the way that, that uh, we reflect the work that your son did on the cross for us. Lord, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for creating a way for us to be passed over, for this debt that we have to be given over. Thank you for, for paying it and more for all the things that I've done now, all the things that I will do, that you have paid it all. Lord, remind us that that is the foundation we're built on, that that's the hope we have and the truth we have in you. Through your son we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wes. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing one more, one more song before we end our time. But I was, I was convicted earlier, just, I don't think we take enough time to just stop and let God. And so what I, what I would like to do is, is you might have been, you know, hearing that the sermon on the unleavened bread, and you might be thinking, I have some leaven in my life. I, I have something I need to, that, that God brought to my mind that I just need to confess to him, and I need to repent, and I need to pray. And so I want to give you that time right now to just stop and, and settle down. Football games will be played later. That's okay. Take a moment. Whatever you got going on in the next five, ten minutes, it can wait. I promise you. Take one minute and just let God speak to your heart. And as that comes to your mind, even one thing, two things, three things, whatever, just in your heart, between you and God, just confess that. Just take some time. Maybe it's not something that you need to take out of your life. Maybe it's something you need to add to your life. Maybe you need to pray more. Maybe you need to read your Bible more. Maybe you need to repent of your anger. Whatever. You need to add joy to your life. Rest to your life. Whatever that is, take some time right now, just a moment, and bring that to the altar. Bring that to the cross and say, God, guide me. Give me strength.
take a moment. sing one more song. It might be hard to kind of change gears from being in this moment of surrender to now shifting to this moment of celebration. But as we just confessed, as we just prayed, you know, I have this leaven in my life I needed to be removed, or I have this thing in my life that I needed to be added, because my feet don't need to be in those things. My feet need to be rested on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And I can take those things away or I can add those things by the power of the Holy Spirit working in me because God is living in me and through me and for me. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to give to our ministry, please check out our website at lewistonocc.org. And don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast, as well as our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, so you're always up to date with what's going on here at Orchards Community Church. Take care, and God bless.